This podcast is brought to you by Franklin's ASB Mental Health Committee. We asked FHS students to submit anonymous stories about their mental health challenges and journeys throughout the years. As a warning, we will be talking about anxiety, depression, suicidal thoughts, self-harm, eating disorders, sexual assault, abuse, and LGBTQ challenges. These topics can be very intense and may bring up thoughts and feelings for you. If they do, we highly encourage you to reach out to someone in your life, whether that be a parent, school counselor, or outside mental health resource. I am bullied because I have autism. I am misjudged about my race and sexual orientation. People think that I'm white even though I identify as a Native American, and people think that I'm straight even though I'm bisexual and gender fluid. I've struggled with depression and an eating disorder since freshman year. It was easier to ignore my thoughts during in-person school because school took my mind off it all. But I honestly have lost any motivation to eat. I have to set reminders for myself to eat. During school, I would have the school breakfast, then I would have lunch and give half my stuff away to friends who didn't have food or money to buy food. I would then do sports after school and on the weekends for over two hours, four or more days a week. Then I would have a huge dinner to make my parents think that I was okay. I would wear baggy clothes to hide my weight loss. However, when I was in practice, I was focused on keeping my teammates safe. I wasn't focusing on myself, I was focusing on them. I wouldn't be self-conscious about my body, I was just there. I would be proud to show off my form that I had created. It was like a high, but when the season ended, it's like everything came back and I almost killed myself. That was a low point. However, I would still come to school every day. School and my friends were what kept me coming each day. I was never late, never missed a day. I say all of this because even if a student or peer might be okay on the surface, they might be so much different when they are on their own. I've struggled with mental health issues and suicide thoughts for many years. When I was a sophomore, it really hit me the worst. Every day I felt like the same as yesterday. There was nothing new and nothing to look forward to. I was losing all my friends plus my three closest friends. I was dealing with family problems and it even felt like I was a burden to my boyfriend at the time. I did what I could to cheer myself up. I listened to my favorite songs and did my favorite hobbies, but one day in December, it all felt like too much. I was 15 when I tried to take my own life. I had pills and I was ready to do it, and then I instantly regretted it. I've never regretted anything more in my entire life. I thought about all the things I have left to experience in life, all the people I've yet to meet, all the places I've yet to see. I thought about what it'd be like for my family and friends without me. I regretted it so much. I'm one of the lucky ones to be able to say I went through that and I'm still here today. It makes me really sad to know that I had to completely lose myself before I saw that there was so much more to life. But that day changed everything for me. I still have my bad days occasionally and there are days when I want nothing more than to disappear. But now I'm reminded of where I've been and where I've refused to go again. I look forward to tomorrow and everything that comes with it. You're never alone. There's always people around you that care about you. There's always another thing on your bucket list that you haven't tried. At the beginning of March 2020, I had a bunch of anxiety about starting high school and not being pretty enough. I developed anorexia at a very dangerous rate. At the beginning of March, I weighed 185 pounds. By June, I was 142. I was admitted into an eating disorder clinic in June and there until August. I was in a long-distance relationship with a girl in Norway. She struggled with suicidal thoughts, self-harm, depression, gender dysmorphia, and abusive parents. I tried to take on all her issues, and in that, I sacrificed my own mental health. She was the first person I have ever loved. 
My parents realized how unhealthy our relationship was becoming. They made us break up. I fell into a very dark dip of depression. I was having very severe suicidal thoughts and I had to sleep in my parents' room on an air mattress. I wasn't even allowed to take a shower without the door open. After a while, my parents felt comfortable letting me go back to my room, but I couldn't stop thinking about this one girl who in my mind was the only thing that could make me happy. So I sacrificed every bit of trust that my parents had in me for the two days I would get to talk to my girlfriend. The cycle of me finding a way to talk to her and being shut down by my parents continued till about October. I started self-harming and told no one. It was the only way I could think of handling the pain that no one could see. In October, I was sexually assaulted by a friend of mine. I was cutting deeper. I wrote my suicide note trying to find a day to end it all. I'd go to the doctor's office every month to get my vitals checked because of my anorexia. They always give you a little mental health questionnaire. One of the questions that was asked was, in the past two weeks, have you thought about suicide or self-harm? I answered yes, not thinking about what I was doing. They asked my mom to leave the room and I had a therapist come into the room and try and create a safety plan. In case you don't know, safety plan is a list of things you can do when you're feeling suicidal and a list of signs you're feeling suicidal. I was having a very hard time safety planning because after my parents took my girlfriend away, I was no longer to have my phone. The therapist told my mom she thought it would be best to take me to the emergency room. We sat there for about six hours and didn't leave till 1am. We talked to a social worker. I was put in a suicide safety room and was given scrub that said psych on the back. I worked with the social worker and promised my mom I'd hand over my razor blade and keep my door open at night. We got home tired, hungry, and sad. I handed my mother one of my blades. I had two of them hidden in different places. Little did I know she would later go looking through my room. The razors I would use were the blades out of pencil sharpeners. As soon as I would take the blade out, she would find it. I called the Trevor Project about three times a week. Now it is November 6th and I am six days clean of self-harm and I am on the up and up. I am eating full meals now and I haven't had suicidal thoughts in about two weeks. When I would tell my friends that I was anorexic, they wouldn't believe me because I was overweight to begin with. I read a poem a little while ago about eating disorders. It goes like this. If you develop an eating disorder when you are already thin to begin with, you go to the hospital. When you develop an eating disorder when you are not thin to begin with, you are a success story. So of course, when I evaporated, everyone congratulated me. I want to spread the awareness that not all anorexics look the same. Being a trans, non-binary person is a story that doesn't get told, a story that is glossed over and underrepresented. Growing up, there was no one like me. There are boys and girls and straight people. I didn't know there was a place where I belong, where I didn't have to pretend to like dresses and boys and being a girl. I was so happy to finally have a label for what I was. When I started living as my true self, it felt so right, and I thought I would be happy, but I wasn't. I wasn't prepared for the hatred and ignorance of others. Every offhand comment, every purposeful misgendering was and still is like a slap in the face. I remember when I went to Pendleton with my sister and we went to the roundup fair. This one kid got on the ride with us and he simply asked, are you girls? I told him I was, but my sister was. The kid looked at me and said, you sound like a girl. This comment set my mind spiraling. People are ignorant. They say offensive things without realizing. My mental health deteriorated under the weight of my gender dysphoria and utter lack of acceptance of non-binary people in society. I was in an incredibly dark place wishing I could be someone else. Someone cisgender. Someone who didn't have to deal with everyone casual transphobia every day. 
There was some days I contemplated suicide. I stopped talking to my friends and family, isolating myself in my room, but I survived. I took baby steps until I was making progress with my mental health. I know how hard it is to pull yourself out of the depths of your mind and start living again, but it's possible. Don't give up hope, though there are so many people out there who won't accept you. There are just as many who will love and support you. I knew I was different from the rest of my family and people around me. This wasn't news to me. I realized as I went into middle school that my friends were getting into relationships and having fun going places together as I stayed home since my strict household didn't allow me to hang out after school. That's when I knew my friends and I were becoming distant. As they had boyfriends and I didn't, I tried to become like the people around me. I tried to fit in, so I would date boys who liked me even though I felt nothing for any of them. Then one day, my best friend told me she was bi, and me being the sheltered little girl I was, I didn't know what that word meant. I went home that day and learned about that and many other words. I went to school the next day and felt nervous when my best friend touched my hand to hold it. This was normal for us, but I now felt like throwing up at the action, whether it was because I was nervous or uncomfortable, I didn't know. I started to think about the possibility of me being gay. I realized I had never liked a boy as more than a friend. When I realized I was scared, I denied it for years. I pretended I was normal as I was always insecure about being different. I started to avoid my female friends because I realized I had a crush on one of my friends. I was scared and anxious when my family or friends would ask if I was gay or not. I became defensive, probably to the point where it was obvious I was. Then my best friend, who had told me she was bi, told me she liked me since first grade. I was shocked and stood there. She was my childhood friend, and the thought of it made me want to scream. I said thanks and walked off. A few weeks later, I visited Portland to get away from all the drama that had happened. After a month, I headed back to California to my friends. I became homeschooled. I became shut in. I was scared to tell anyone how I felt because my family wasn't really the type to talk about their feelings. When someone tried to talk about feelings, the parent would laugh at us and call us overdramatic. Welcome to my Hispanic household. I was in eighth grade by now, and I still wasn't comfortable with myself. I started to become insecure about my looks and how I thought. I hadn't hung out or seen my friends, for that matter, for a year. I was positive they had forgotten about me. We were moving to Portland over the summer, and I wanted to say goodbye to everyone before we left, but when I saw them, I froze. My mouth became dry and I started to cry. I wasn't making a sound. I just stood there and cried. I broke down and I couldn't stand. I was shaking. I was panicking. I couldn't breathe right. I thought I was dying. I ended up moving without saying bye to half of my friends. When I moved here, my panic attacks got worse. I hated it. I was scared to go to school because I hadn't talked to people for so long. I didn't know how to start a conversation or how to make jokes. I would get anxious when someone spoke to me. Last year, my family found out that I was gay. I didn't tell them, but they found out when I accidentally said she instead of he when I talked about who I liked. I let it slip. I felt dumb, but they didn't mind. I'm lucky they didn't, and I'm grateful they understood me. My social anxiety was bad at that time, and I couldn't walk out of my house without shaking. If I made eye contact with someone, I would feel like crying. I would think, did I make them uncomfortable? Did I do something weird? What if they hate me already? They're annoyed by me already. I should stop talking to them. My head would make these thoughts up, and it still does. I recently found an outlet to let my feelings and anger out, and it's helped me a lot. Wanting to be normal had led me down a dark hole that I didn't know how to get out of, and I think I'm still down that hole even though I've climbed higher in the last year. 
Personal problems are hard to figure out. I can't talk to anyone who will completely understand me, and it makes me feel anxious, and I hate that feeling. I'm lost, and I'm trying to find myself. I don't know how to explain it, but it feels like something is missing. Like there's a spot in me that feels cold and emotionless, but it's trying to fake its way to the top. It feels uncomfortable. One day I'm happy, and the next I'm confused about my existence. I'm tired. I just want to know what it is that I need to fix to feel whole again like I was when I was seven, problem-free and happy. I want it back. This doesn't make sense, and honestly, I'm scared to send this in because this is the most I've said about my feelings to anyone. I'm insecure, anxious, and confused. I'm lost, I'm trying to find myself, my true self. My family has known I was gay since the seventh grade. Well, most of my family, that is. My brother doesn't know, and I should tell them because it's important that they know who I really am. The oldest, who is 12, is closed-minded. When a scene of two guys or girls kissing comes up, he makes hurtful comments and jokes, and I try to teach him not to. I ask, why are you saying ew? And he says, because I hate people like that. They aren't normal, and it's gross. It obviously hurts when he says that in front of everyone. I'm teaching him and my other brothers slowly that there is nothing wrong with the idea of two men or women together as well as other important things so that when I do tell them that their older sister is gay, they understand and come to accept me. To share a story, visit the FHS Leadership Instagram account or find the story submission form located on our website. If you are looking for support or find yourself struggling with similar things, know that you aren't alone. If any of these stories were activating for you, don't hesitate to reach out and get support. To find resources, visit our mental health resources post on our website. Thank you for listening.